you, Roberta, and music team. Ordinary miracles. So when I think about seeing the ordinary miracles in life, I think about children, right? They have the ability to just see the wonder of the ordinary. And so today is Multi-Generational Sunday, and I thought I would see if you wanted to bring out the child inside of you because I'm going to share a book with you. Yay, right? Oh, some kids, some kids are here. Yay! The rest of you, come along for the ride. This is the story of the rainbow fish. And it was written by Marcus Feister. So a long, a long way out in the deep blue sea, there lived a fish. Not just an ordinary fish, but the most beautiful fish in the entire ocean. His scales were every shade of green and blue and purple with sparkling silver scales among them. And they do sparkle. I don't know if you can see them, but they do sparkle. The other fish were amazed at his beauty. They called him the rainbow fish. Come on, rainbow fish, they called. Come and play with us. But the rainbow fish would simply glide past, proud and silent, letting his scales shimmer. One day, the little blue fish followed after him. Rainbow fish, he called. Please give me one of your shiny scales. They are so wonderful, and you have so many. You want me to give you one of my special scales? Who do you think you are? cried the rainbow fish. Get away from me. Shocked, the little blue fish swam away. He was so upset, he told his other friends what had happened. And from then on, no one would have anything to do with the rainbow fish. They turned away when he swam by. What good were the dazzling, shimmering scales with no one else to admire them? Now he was the loneliest fish in the entire ocean. One day he poured out his troubles to the starfish. I really am beautiful. Why doesn't anyone notice me? I can't answer that for you, said the starfish, but if you go beyond the coral reef to a deep cove, you will find the wise octopus. Maybe she can help you. The rainbow fish found the cove, and it was very dark inside, and he couldn't see anything. Then suddenly, two eyes caught him in their glare, and the octopus emerged from the darkness. I like the sound effects. Keep them coming. I've been waiting for you, said the octopus with a deep voice. The waves have told me your story, and this is my advice. Give your glittering scales to each of the other fish. You will no longer be the most beautiful fish in the sea, but you will discover how to be happy. I can't, the rainbow fish started to say, but the octopus had already gone back into his cave. Give away my scales, my beautiful shining scales? How could I ever be happy without them? Suddenly, he felt the light touch of a fin. The little blue fish was back. Rainbow fish, please don't be angry. I just want one little scale. The rainbow fish wavered. Only one very small shimmering scale, he thought. Well, maybe I wouldn't miss just one. Carefully, the rainbow fish pulled out the smallest scale and gave it to the little fish. Thank you, thank you very much, said the little fish as he bubbled playfully and tucked the shiny scale in and amongst his blue ones. A rather peculiar feeling came over the rainbow fish. 
for a long time, he watched the little blue fish swimming back and forth with his new scale glittering in the water. Well, the little fish, blue fish whizzed through the ocean with his scale flashing, so it didn't take long before the rainbow fish was surrounded by all the other fish. Everyone wanted a glittering scale. The rainbow fish shared his scales left and right, and the more he gave away, the more delighted he became. When the water around him filled with glimmering scales, he at last felt at home among the other fish. Finally, the rainbow fish only had one shiny scale left. His most prized possessions had all been given away, and yet he was very happy. Come on, rainbow fish, they called. Come and play with us. Here I come, said the rainbow fish, and happy as a splash, he swam off to join his friends. The story of the rainbow fish. All right, so here's my question. What are the shimmering scales that you are holding tight to? What are the shimmering scales that you are holding tight to? As we continue our series from the story of the peace pilgrim, from the step towards inner peace, we're on the fourth preparation, which is to simplify your life. So what, like that little rainbow fish, are you holding tight to, thinking that you've got to hold on to it all for your happiness and that you can't let it go? Start with money, Ed. I know a great organization that would be happy to accept a donation. (laughs) You'll feel so good. (laughs) Money, though, right? Money holds us in its grasp. As if I only have, if I only have enough money or more money, I will finally feel that place of peace and of happiness. And it becomes one of those shimmery silver scales, right, for us, for our lives. Anybody else aware? Yeah, Peggy. So we can hoard things, right? We can hoard food. We can hoard material objects, thinking mistakenly in our mind that if we don't have this, we won't have. And we will not experience that peace, that joy, that security. Maybe you don't hoard, but maybe there's something that you also hold tightly and firmly to afraid to let it go, thinking that this, here, this is where I'm finding my joy. Red. Expressions of approval from those close to you. So do you, for those close to you, so you have to give approval to those close to you or you're waiting for approval from Ah, withholding, hoping they're going to change. Withholding that, that scale. If I withhold this, they'll finally change. And time. How many of you are aware of how you hold time and what you do with the time? I saw another hand. Yeah, Diane. Love and forgiveness. Holding it close to you and afraid to extend it. Right? Because if I extend it, my heart might be hurt. I might be alone. I'm afraid of that. So a scale that you hold tight to. Anybody else have one? Yeah, Jim. Judgment. The judgments of others that we're holding so tightly to. No, this is the truth. I know this. You're wrong. 
right? The judgments that we hold around one another. Yeah. Resentment. How many of you hold resentment? Blame. Victimhood. Close. Just like that rainbow fish. Afraid to let it go because that's your identity. That's who you think you are. Right? Anybody else have one? So we're talking about the preparation of simplifying our lives. And I want to share with you from the Peace Pilgrim's little booklet, Steps Towards Inner Peace. If you haven't picked one up yet, they're available on the table behind the, at the, behind the hall there. And we have plenty of copies. Pick one up for a friend. Pass it along. Invite them to come. We have another month of this series left. But I'm going to be reading on page... Page 8. There is also a fourth preparation, and it is the simplification of life to bring inner and outer well-being, psychological and material well-being into harmony in your life. This was made very easy for me. Just after I dedicated my life to service, I felt that I could no longer accept more than I needed, while others in the world would have less than they need. This moved me to bring my life down to a need level. I thought it would be difficult. I thought it would entail a great deal of hardship, but I was quite wrong. Now that I own only what I wear and what I carry in my pockets, I don't feel deprived of anything. For me, what I want and what I need are exactly the same. And you couldn't give me anything I don't need. I discovered this great truth. Unnecessary possessions are just unnecessary burdens. Now, I don't mean that all of our needs are the same. Yours may be much greater than mine. For instance, if you have a family, you would need the stability of a family center for your children. But I do mean that anything beyond need, and need sometimes includes things beyond the physical needs too, anything beyond needs tends to become burdensome. There is a great freedom in simplicity of living, and after I began to feel this, I found a harmony in my life between the inner and the outer. Now there's a great deal to be said about such harmony, not only for the individual life, but also for the life of a society. It's because, as a world, we have gotten ourselves so far out of harmony, so way off on the material side, that when we discover something like nuclear energy, we are still capable of putting it into a bomb and using it to kill people. This is because our inner well-being lags so far behind our outer well-being. The valid research for the future is on the inner side, on the psychological side, so that we will be able to bring these two into balance, so we will know how to use well the outer well-being we have already had. Simplicity of life. Well, I'm sure you are all aware, as I am, that our culture, our society, the world in which we live, does not follow this philosophy, right? The philosophy of the world out there is the more you have, the more you need. Right? I used to teach financial education classes, and we would have this conversation together. The more money you make, the more money you spend, right? Because there's this drive that the culture, that the society puts into us that, that we have to want more, more. It's a, 
It's the idea of materialism and commercialism, and we're constantly bombarded by messages of that. Are you all aware of that? (laughs) I don't know how you could not be living in this world that we live in. But can you also see how the more you make and the more you spend and the more you buy and the more you become consumed by that, the greater the burden of that is? And that the inner peace begins to fall away? And so I know in my own life I have way more than I really need, that idea of needs versus wants. I ask you all today to come today wearing something that you love. How many of you heard that message last week? Come wearing something you love. And so of those who heard it, how many of you came wearing something you love? Awesome. Where did that come from, that idea? Wear something, actually, it was wear something that brings you joy. Anybody know where that idea is coming from? Marie Kondo, right? Like at the first of the year when everybody was getting ready to follow their New Year's resolutions and get their life in order, everybody that I knew was talking about this Marie Kondo. I hadn't even seen it yet. I've so far only seen one. It's on Netflix, right? And she's all about getting rid of things that don't bring you joy, right? Simplifying your life. And here's what I really love, and and I'll be honest, I've only seen one episode so far, but here's what I love. Marie comes in and helps people to let go of those things like those fish scales that we no longer need. Let them go. Only keep that which brings you joy. And so her thought is that as you're going through your things, you should take that item and hold it close and ask yourself the question, does this bring me joy? Does this piece of clothing bring me joy? Does this stuff that I have bring me joy? And of course, there's a ton of memes out there that you might have seen that kind of make fun of that, right? So I followed the Marie Kondo method and I got rid of my treadmill. I got rid of the vegetables in my refrigerator. I got rid of my scale. I got rid of my kids. I got rid of my husband, you know. I feel so much better now. So they, they make fun of that. But when I watch that show, that idea of really turning within, getting still, becoming aware, is this that I am holding, is this that I'm clinging to in my life, is it really bringing me joy? What you might not know about Marie Kondo is that she follows the Shinto religion. And in the Shinto religion, she actually worked in a Shinto temple for a number of years, and that really influenced her way of being. And in the Shinto tradition, not unlike unity, there is this idea that that essence of God, that essence of spirit is within all things, everything. I mean, we know science has taught us that everything is nothing more than energy in motion, right? And so even this chair here that looks like a chair is really just energy in motion. It's a little more dense than other energy, and so that density creates this chair, but it really is just energy in motion. And what's behind that energy in motion? I mean, from my perspective, it's God, it's life, it's love, right? It's that divine power and that divine presence. And so, yes, to honor each and everything that is material here in this world as having that essence of God, for me, 
is in alignment with what I believe. And it obviously is in alignment with what Marie Kondo believes. So it's from that awareness that every single thing has that essence of the divine within. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't go around thinking about the things in my life as being the essence of God. You know, when I go to sit down in a chair, I'm not thinking about, well, this chair is the essence of God, right? Or this dress that I'm wearing, it's the essence of God. I don't think about the world that way. We tend to think about the world as these things are objects there for us to use. Everything that's in my house, I think of as an object that's there for me to use. But what a shift there would be if I came to understand and appreciate and allow myself to expand that idea. No, this is all the essence of God that's here as a gift in my life, and I honor it. And how do I honor it? Well, I honor it by using it and allowing myself to be filled up with joy in the using of it. I honor it by letting it go, releasing it, and thanking it when I'm done with it. So that's the other piece of Marie Kondo's work, right? You, you hold your object and you ask that question, does it bring me joy? Do I feel that divine essence within me and is it lifting me up? And if the answer is no, I think I'm ready to let this go, then her next suggestion is then thank it. Thank it for what it's given to you in the time that you've had it. And then release it and let it go to somewhere else that somebody else can take it then and experience such joy. What I love about that is that she is inviting you and I into the understanding that we have this divine wisdom within that fish. The rainbow fish had the well, you know, swim to the cave where the octopus was, the wise octopus, right? We have that inner place, that inner cave, if you will, where that divine voice of wisdom resides, where we can turn to and we can ask, is this going to serve me? And we can listen deeply and we can hear what the answer is and we can take action based on that. So that we are no longer relying on something out there to tell us what we need to be happy. To tell us what we have to buy in order to find peace. To tell us where we need to find love so we can feel complete. Simplify our lives means that we recognize and realize we don't need anything out there in reality to feel that place of inner peace. And that oftentimes, those things out there are the very things that take us from that inner peace. And so it's up to each of us to discern, is this something that brings me joy that I want to continue with? Or is it something that really I need to let go of, to simplify, to release, so that I can really feel that joy? Now, this can be material things, items that we have in our homes, in our closets. It could be material things, but it could also be non-material things, as the Peace Pilgrim mentions in that little piece of that uh, Steps to Inner Peace. It can be, as Shannon mentioned, how I use my time. How do you use your time? I became aware sometime last fall 
that I had stopped using my time to take time to meditate consistently every day. And what I became aware of this past fall was that I was feeling extremely anxious about the state of the world out there. And one day as I was kind of sitting in that stillness, what I heard was, Joanne, you've got to get back to your meditation practice. That's what you need to do to experience that place of peace and joy again. Right? So I had gotten into the habit of getting up and checking my email and checking social media and looking at the news, simplifying my life, recognizing what I really needed to feel at peace as I began my day. It became very obvious that what I really needed was to sit in, in the silence. And I will tell you that that first day back to the meditation practice that I had followed this particular practice for probably a period of seven or eight years before I let it go. When I came back to it, that first morning, as soon as I was done, I felt like this weight had been lifted. And I've not stopped since. That was in October. I've not stopped since. I haven't missed a single day, even when I was on vacation last week, because I experienced the peace that came with simplifying my morning to just being in the stillness with God for an hour. It impacted me. How do you use your time? Is there some place that you can simplify what you're doing with your time so that you can come back into a place of aligning with God's power and presence in your life with that inner wisdom that helps you to discern and know what should I be holding on to and what should I be letting go of? How are you needing to simplify your time? I watch parents today with their kids running from one activity to another activity to another activity. And there's research that's showing that this is really kind of detrimental to the kids, that they don't know how to not be entertained and to just sit and be with their creativity, with their inner joy, with their playfulness. And where are they learning it from but from us? As we rush from activity to activity to activity, filling our days up with things that become burdensome and heavy, So how can I lighten that? How can I simplify my life and come back to that activity that brings me to a place of joy, of gratitude, of love, of life? What thoughts are we holding on to? Thoughts that we carry with us, stories that we carry with us and tell ourselves day after day after day that keep us down and burdened and heavy and in that place of not enoughness. What stories do we tell ourselves, the thoughts that we're holding in our mind, and how can we simplify the thoughts that we're holding in our mind so that the prevailing thought is a thought of truth? I am one with that divine power and presence that is God. I have all that I need within me. God, right here, right now, moves in through and as me and helps me to know what thought to hold, what word to speak, what action to take. Simplify your life. Jesus simplified it, right? He was asked, what's the greatest commandment? Remember, in the Jewish tradition, there's something like 613 commandments you have to follow. So somebody asked him, well, what's the most important one? Because I can't keep track of 613 of them. And what was Jesus' response? God, love the Lord with all your, Lord your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And the second, love your neighbor as yourself. And upon these two commandments was all the law written. 
simplify your life, imagine if the rest of your life only became about living those two commandments. You know, I sometimes hear from people that, you know, I know that stuff. This doesn't feed me. It doesn't need to be complicated. It doesn't need to be a bunch of theology and rules and laws. It can be as simple as from this day forward for the rest of your life, understanding what does it mean to love God and love your neighbor. That will keep you and I busy from this day forward. And if we simplified our life to that point, let's just live these two things and make sure that everything in our life reflects these two things, we will change the world. And even if we don't see the change in the world, we will experience that place of inner peace. Are you ready to to do that with me? Are you aware, right here, right now, sitting in this sanctuary, of some areas where you could simplify your life? Yeah, right? So that's our practice this week. Consider what you can let go of in order to simplify your life. It may include material possessions, but it could also be about the way you manage your time, who you spend that time with, and how present you are in each moment. Think about, think about that practice. I'm going to simplify my life to the point that I am fully present in every moment with whoever I am with in that moment. I'm going to let go of everything in the past and the future, and I'm just going to be here now. There is a beautiful simplify your life practice. Make a choice to do one thing this week to simplify your life. One thing. You don't have to make it complicated. And then when you do that one thing, pay attention to how does that make you feel. And then what I'd really like to encourage you is to continue this practice. Don't stop. Live this way. Remember, we are talking about the steps towards inner peace, and this is one of the preparations. Anybody remember what the other three are? Adopt a right attitude. Adopt a right attitude. Live good beliefs. Find your place in the life pattern. And this, the fourth and final preparation, simplify your life. This is where we begin. This is the foundation. Who wants to experience inner peace? All right, is there anybody whose hand is not raised? There we go. Let's do it this week by simplifying our lives. And then come back next week and let me know. What did you let go of? I'm going to ask. What did you let go of? I can't wait to hear. Thank you and God bless.